This is Downstage, the podcast of the San Diego Theater Critics Circle. Hello, welcome to Downstage, the San Diego Theater Critics Circle podcast. I'm Alejandra Enciso Dardashti. Hello, David. Hello, Alejandra. I'm David Cotton. Nice to be here with you, finally, right? We've been talking about this for months. Yeah, and we're really, can't you tell we're excited about this? I mean. Yeah, if you can't tell. Can't see <laughs> I'm you like, oh. We are really excited about this. Yeah, it's our first episode. So what are we, What? why the name Downstage? Can we tell our audience a little bit about it? It wasn't just an accident. We chose that name intentionally to convey the meaning of downstage and that we are close to you, our audience, and we want to share with you our excitement about theater and our enthusiasm for it. Exactly. And uh, the discussion that we're going to have right throughout the episodes is not necessarily going to be criticizing or critiques about plays, right? We, we want to do a more um, inside, backstage, backstage look at what we do, what the theater um, critic circle is, who we are, right? Right. I mean, we have opinions and we're very <laughs> proud of them and very protective of them, of course. Yeah, but exactly. this is not a show about us. This is a show about theater in San Diego and the theater community. And as Alejandra said, over the course of uh, as long as this podcast goes, we hope forever, and certainly every two weeks, we'll be bringing you insight into the theater community, to productions, to the people who make theater, uh, and to all things theater in San Diego, and sometimes even beyond. Exactly. Like, we're not those you know, bad trolls that are looking for bad things to talk about and point out. Like, no, it's not like that at all. And also we're going to have other colleagues on the show as well. So you can kind of see who we are, where we come from, what we do, why we do it. In case you don't know who the Theater Critics Circle is, probably most of you do. But if that's new to you, this is an organization, just like it sounds, of San Diego Theater Critics whose roots actually go back quite a ways to 1983. Uh, the group hasn't been uh, together continuously over those 40 years. There have been periods of uh, suspension and inactivity. However, since about 2003, the Critics Circle has been a steady, ongoing organization, uh, 20 years as it, as it counts. And we have a membership of nine critics all of whom I'm sure you will get to meet over the course of the next few episodes. And we are two of those critics. I am the author of the Stage West blog and also a contributing theater critic for the San Diego Union Tribune. Mm -hmm. And how did you get into, well, I'll, I'll say my part, but then I want to know how you got into this, right? Like, well, I am, um, I, I write in my blog from another zero um, and in Spanish too, desde otro cero. And I'm from Tijuana. I'm very happy to be here. And I've been in the critic circle since 2021. I came with all the pandemonium with the, again, the pandemic and everything was like all, all over the place, but very happy to be here. 
I've joined the critic circle in 2011, so this is uh, year number 12 for me. A little later on, we're going to talk more about what we do. I do want to point out a couple of things. What does the critic circle do besides review? Among the things we do is an annual awards program, which many of you listening and watching are familiar with, these Craig Knoll Awards bestowed every, usually every February by the San Diego Theater Critic Circle. Craig Knoll is, I think without question, the father of San Diego theater. This is a man who is synonymous with the Old Globe, um, where he was artistic director for many years, uh, mm -hmm. but also the influence he's had on so many actors and behind the scenes people who've worked for and with him over the years is immeasurable. And we honor Craig and he honors us by letting uh, by letting us use his name on these awards that we give out every year. Yeah. And we had a little hiatus, right? That happened uh, because of the pandemic. So it was 20, um, 2020, the awards just like, <laughs> like say, like it was on the cusp. They like, they happened. But then 2021, no, 2022, no. 2023 was good. It was a maybe. It was a maybe. <laughs> it happened. It happened. In the, second in the second segment today, we're going to talk about the awards and what we did mm -hmm. in February and some of the highlights of those. So what are we going to do today? First of all, we want you to meet us. Later on, we want to talk about those difficult pandemic years, although we don't want to dwell on them. But it was, uh, I think, something that the theater community weathered very well in San Diego. We're very proud of all the uh, companies and people involved who did that. And then talk about... Uh, the award show, which was a big hit. And finally, in our last segment today, we're going to look ahead to what is coming up with the Critics Circle and also some shows in various theaters that we're looking forward to. So we've got a lot for you today on show one. Yay! Let's take this time to talk a little bit about our personal journeys to where we are today. Alejandro, tell me about how you got involved with theater and why you care about it. I got involved in theater. I mean, <laughs> the the drama and the flair has always been in my family. Um, in the beginning, I wanted to, because everybody always asks me if I acted, if I, I was an actress, if I, you know, if you can't do teach, that kind of thing. But um, I tried it. I did like around 16, 17. It wasn't for me. Like it really wasn't. And I just, I've always, I studied communications, so that's always been my passion. I've always write, have written things. Like I had a newspaper when I was four years old and I would sell it for like a dollar. <laughs> and it was about like family gossip. That's what I did. So I, it was always uh, my thing. I think my first uh, theater review was published like when I was like 19. So I always had a draw for the performing arts, theater specifically, musical theater, things like that. My parents were really good at always like taking me to shows. And, but I was always very analytic and wanted to know more. What happened backstage? Who are these people? Where they come from? You know, are they married? <laughs> Those types of things. So I wanted to tell people. And then I came to San Diego in 2010 because I was working in El Informador, which is a newspaper um, in Tijuana, and they had me cover San Diego and LA. So then I met you guys, and then 
you know, I do public relations on the side. We'll, we're going to talk about that later. And that's how I got here. The happy history of Alejandra. <laughs> I mean, it's had some bumps on the road as everything, right? I had a really tough editor. And so I wanted to say, you know, a million things. And she's like, we have 150 words, Alejandra. So you better. So that's also a good, you know, school to have when you, when you know the, the word count and all these types of things or how you haven't. You haven't. Um, you don't need to be so subjective or so or show that you love the show or whatever when you're working for a newspaper. That's why I love having a blog because <laughs> I don't have to edit or you know. <laughs> I'm just. It's another style, obviously. My theater journey actually began when I was in the womb. Uh, oh my, my mother, My mother was a stage actress. Uh, she did summer stock. You know, for those of you who know what that is, um, and uh, she was on television on a morning show kind of like the Today show except the local show while she was pregnant with me that was my first showbiz experience. wow uh but late much later on uh I worked for the San Diego Union Tribune full time and I was the co-founder of the Night and Day section the entertainment magazine that still exists in Night and Day what hey believe it or not in 19 I did not know this yes 1992 uh when I was 3 years old <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. About to turn three. About to turn three. But, you know, my theater criticism uh, career, I actually owe to the late Welton Jones, who many of you know is a longtime theater critic of the San Diego Union. And uh, Welton had left the paper and had started uh, an online uh, review um, source called San Diego Story. And he tossed me a couple of reviews. This would have been right around 2009, maybe. Uh, and that led to uh, my working for the now defunct San Diego City Beat for I think about eight or nine years. And uh, shortly after City Beat went uh, kaput, <laughs> that's when I started the Stage West blog. And actually, ironically, went back to the Union Tribune as a regular contributor. So along, well, you know, kind of backing up Pam Cragen, who is the Union Tribune's theater critic. So that's where my journey has been. More important than who we are, however, is why and how we do what we do. And in future episodes, Alejandra, I know we're going to try to share with listeners and viewers exactly what does a critic do? How does he or she form opinions about a work mm -hmm. and um, help people understand that we're not trolls, right? Trolls. <laughs> And also, you know, our voting process is, is very interesting. Uh, our conversations are interesting. We don't always necessarily agree. Those types of things. And that's, that's cool to share. We're back. Alejandra, I've got to ask you, where were you the day that California went into pandemic shutdown mode in 2020? Oh, I, I was in Big Sur. I was in Big Sur and I was having the time of my life. And if people are not familiar or have not gone to Big Sur, there's no reception up there. There's like no signal. No internet, no people, you know, grow their veggies. Like it's, it's very, it's like a community type thing. So we didn't know the whole hollow blue of the toilet paper, all those things. Like 
nothing. So we were driving down and it was one of those movies, right? Those apocalyptic movies. And I was like, what is happening? The supermarket shelves empty, no toilet paper, you know? So that's, that's, that was, that's where I was. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, take me back, please. What is this? Right? Like it, it was, we were very happy. <laughs> Up there, yeah. so it was nice. Like, uh, I, I was, I'm a, I'm a teacher at San Diego State where I teach journalism, and I was teaching that morning. And uh, during the class, my department chair called me, and he, you know, he never calls during a class, but he did. So I thought I better answer. And he <laughs> said to me, uh, David, you better be prepared to take your class online for a week or two, is what he said, for a week or two. And of course, yeah. as we know, we were talking a year or two, well, more than a year or two uh, away from campus. Um, so it was, everybody I think listening and watching can agree these were devastating and bizarre times. And for the theater community, as we kind of alluded to a little while ago, in spite of the hardship, I think by and large, the San Diego theater community pulled together and and managed to survive uh, the pandemic. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, totally. I mean, you could see also it was more raw, the the, the situation of, of being in charge of a theater. It was, you see how they struggled with rent, right? And there was like, I feel, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it showed that it, there wasn't like that much grace for, for paying the rent, right? And the bills, the electricity, all those types of things. And especially the being in person part, right? How they did online content and all the criticism went back and forth about that, right? But I think they did a wonderful job and it was, we had a variety of things. And I think it's a conversation that we should continue to have. Online theater or theater online, or however you want to call it. Online, a theater and a computer or whatever. I think our theaters here, like perhaps everywhere, discovered that they didn't want to do their content completely done online, but they discovered the possibilities of using that as another way, another tool to present theater, perhaps to bring theater to people who can't come to the theater, perhaps to reach a wider audience, perhaps to even use some of the technology that you know we used during those three years and incorporate that even on site into today's theater. So we learned a lot of lessons about ourselves. Everybody did during the worst of the pandemic, but the theater communities had their own, I think, valuable lessons that they learned. And we're starting to see even now how some of that is being applied. Yeah, totally. I mean, I understand that it, there's copyright issues, streaming issues, cost issues associated with this type of dynamic, but I think we should learn the good from the bad, right? Or the practical lesson from, from that. And I think that uh, it also brought a whole new set of generational set and issues to the theater where the older, older generation, which is the one that usually comes, goes, buys a ticket is not doing it anymore, right? So I think those are things that we should look into. It was also and an interesting time for criticism because yep. I don't know about you, but I felt like I really couldn't comment on online theater with the same criteria that you do. Oh, so I had no issue. 
<laughs> some of our colleagues didn't review at all. Uh, no, no. I, yeah. I reviewed very little. I would write about things, but I tried mm-hmm. for the most part to remember that this was uncharted territory for everybody. Yeah, totally. I, I, yeah, I would be more descriptive, you know, and just say what I saw and just praise them because I understand that it was a titanic task. So, um, and, and, and just to put it out there, that alone was, you know, noteworthy. So, speaking of praise, thank you for that transition, Alejandra. <laughs> of course. I got um, you. <laughs> we, we showered the community with praise this past February when we brought back the Craig Knoll Awards in February, as I said. We did it yeah. at the SES Hall in Point Loma, which was a new venue for us, uh, a temporary venue, but it served us very well. And it was a great night, wasn't it? What were your memories of that evening? Well, <laughs> the outfits was the first memory. The backdrop was also another memory because we had been working on that backdrop for the pictures and, you know, that it wouldn't fall on people and that it would look good on pictures, those types of things. And the hall itself and the bar, everybody loved the bar. <laughs> we theater people love a good bar. <laughs> right? So, yeah. and just the love and the emotion of everybody being back again, right? In the same room and celebrating. That was really cool. We also had the chance to welcome new members to the group who had not been introduced because we hadn't had the awards. Alejandra being one of them. Mm-hmm. Casio Pepe 3 being another one. Uh, we had the opportunity to announce a new president of the organization, Pam Cragen from the Union Tribune as Many of you know, has been the president of the Critics Circle for quite a while, and Pam is remaining as the treasurer, but Erin Marie Ryder is now our new president of the Critics Circle. You'll be meeting her and probably all of our colleagues over the next few weeks. So it was a chance to kind of show ourselves again, um, but it was most of all a great party. It was an amazing party, and it's like... I speaking of behind the scenes, it's like organizing a wedding, people. <laughs> Imagine you organizing a wedding, costs, invitations, you know, headcounts, all those types of things. And we are a nonprofit. We are a nonprofit. So we have to raise money to do this. And it's it's not easy, right? It's not, you know, I'm not crying here, but yeah, I am. <laughs> saying the facts so um it's something where we have to like what was the the capacity that you all had in years past like before pandemic how many people did you host when the the awards used to be at the sherwood auditorium at the museum of contemporary art which uh, has now been converted as part of the conrad previs complex out there i believe the capacity there was between four and five hundred Wow. Uh, and we had at this venue in Point Loma, we had about 250, about wow. half that. Mm-hmm. Ideally, we want to have 350, 400 people if we can, but that means finding the right venue and mm-hmm. rent the venue and providing the catering. And, and uh, a lot goes into it, just so you guys know out there how much goes exactly. into it. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I, I think again, yeah. in future episodes, we'll be talking about how we choose who gets the awards, because mm-hmm. obviously they, you can't all be winners, but we do take our voting very seriously and we try to reflect the best uh, performances 
and the best contributions on the technical side of uh, theater for that given year. And it's it's a complex procedure, isn't it? Yeah, and we all have, again, our opinions. Um, we talk about it. Sometimes we don't, uh, we're not like on the same page, so we have to get on the same page, right? But then at, at the same time, be objective. And there, there's a certain type of vote that I'm giving you a T. I'm be, being very, I'm teasing a lot of our content, future content, but there's a, a type of vote, right? That we do. The and vote. the passion vote, exactly. And what, what is the passion vote? <laughs> uh, you know, mostly we try to, in our voting process, you know, discuss shows that the majority of the critic circle, the nine members, mm -hmm. have seen so that there's a, a cross-section of opinion. Sometimes there are shows out there that only a couple of people have seen because of who the producer is or what time of year it is or whatever the case may be. And there aren't enough, there isn't a quorum, so to speak, to address the show. But the person or people who saw it feel very strongly about that show. And that's where we get the name Passion Vote. And we take those into account when we're voting. If Alejandra sees something that she really felt strongly about, but I didn't see it, and maybe two or three other people didn't, she, in our meeting, will make a strong pitch for that. And we will sometimes honor those passions in the awards program. So even if you're a small producer, or you think a lot of people didn't see your show or wasn't heavily uh, reviewed, it still is something that could very well be under consideration and even honored in uh, the Critics Circle Awards. Yep. We tried to take everything, you know, or consider everything that has gone down in San Diego during the year. So, yeah. So now we've we've uh, ventured into the past. So <laughs> after this break, we're going to dive into the future. So we'll be right back. Looking forward to it. This might be a good time, Alejandra, to tell our listeners and viewers how to get in touch with us. Yes, of course. Well, we have our website, which is sdcriticcircle.org.org. Uh, and we have an email. You can get in touch with us there. You can send us an email at info at sdcriticcircle.org. Info at sdcriticcircle.org. Didn't she do that well? That's what she <laughs> Also, Downstage Podcast will continue. Our next show will be on Monday, July 10th. This podcast will air every other Monday. We have some other things coming up at the Critics Circle, too, right? Yes. I mean, this podcast <laughs> is one of them. Uh, we're trying because we announced these things at our award ceremony. So we are really trying to honor and do it in a timely manner because we're all of all of us are all over the place. Uh, so we did this podcast. We have a newsletter coming up also uh, that kind of recaps uh, the reviews, what we've been doing, those types of things. And also something that's already running is the 2023 San Diego Theater Critics Circle Reviewers of Tomorrow contest. They're, uh, the circle is very excited about that. Erin Marie, our president, is also very excited about that. And uh, it's a um, 
for young kids, you know, intended to promote and encourage the art of thinking critically about theater. So it opened on April of this year, David, and it will run through November of this year, available to middle, high school, and community college students in San Diego County. So that's the other thing that how, you know, a lot of people ask us, isn't this like theater criticism dead? It's not dead, people. Okay, it's not dead. <laughs> and we're fighting for it. So um, they have Zoom meetings every month and uh, with Erin Marie and Cassiopeia, Cassiopeia Guthrie also. Um, and they coach the kids and, and that's kind of how it's going. And, and we're really excited and proud about that. You know, it's become, it's a real buzzword in academia. I know critical thinking. We want mm -hmm. kids to learn critical thinking. And really, we're just an extension of that, is thinking critically about art, in this case, theater. So I'm really excited about the prospect of bringing younger people into this exciting uh, and thought-provoking world. Yes, because it, it's it's all about also the backgrounds, right? And, yeah. and that's how you perceive a show. Sometimes I love it. I sometimes, And that's why I love being in the circle with you guys because, well, David was my mentor. You have to have a mentor when you come in. And it's you ask things about, how was this? I didn't get this part. Or sometimes if it's, you know, Latin American context, they come to me and they, how did you perceive this? Or do you think that if it didn't have Spanish or because of the Spanish, it kind of lost a little bit in translation? So we have these conversations too. And, and that's, I think, the beauty of it, right? That, that we reach out and we're not like, no, no, I didn't understand it. Therefore, it's wrong. Like, it's not like that. You know? A great mentor of mine was Jeff Smith, who was for years the theater critic of the San Diego Reader. And I remember Jeff telling me early on when I just started reviewing, he said, you know, criticism is really a matter of compare and contrast. Everything that you see you're subliminally comparing to something you've seen before. And in, do, so in, in doing so, you kind of build contextual knowledge. That's how theater critics become reliable, I think, is by the more you see, the more you can compare and contrast and make you know, fair and insightful judgments about content. So I'm very grateful to Jeff. I hope he's listening and watching because he did me a solid by telling me that and more. I just want to circle back for just a moment to the contact information. This is our podcast, but it's also yours. And I want to encourage all of you to reach out to us with ideas for the podcast. It's a brand new product. What do you want to see? What do you want to hear? Who would you like to have us interview? What are we doing that you like? What are we doing that you don't like? Criticize us. Exactly. I know it's not going to come hard. <laughs> Who's doing that? Uh, let's, so before we before we wrap up today, let's talk about summertime on the theater scene. I know there is a lot of production activity all over town. Uh, what are you looking forward to this summer, Alejandra? Um, there's again, there's productions that have come through the years, right? And my colleagues have seen them. And there's times where I'm like, I've never seen a production of this, like at all. And that's, I think, the part of the uh, excitement of it. I'm excited to see nonsense. <laughs> I, I, I'm really drawn to titles, although sometimes it doesn't have anything to do <laughs> with 
what the play is, right? Uh, I've never seen Spam a lot. I know that that's like a super. I love Spam a lot. See, there you go. Love. Never seen it. Yeah. And I know it's one of the ones that like started it all, you know, like yeah. so many things came after Spam a lot or because of Spam a lot. So Saturday Night Fever as well. Like the theaters have really done a comeback, you know, between last year and this one, really producing things that are, I don't know, um, very complex to produce, let's say. I'm looking forward to, I have no idea what this show is going to be like, but I know the Old Globe in July is doing Crime and Punishment, a comedy. A comedy. <laughs> we typically don't think of comedy when we're thinking of Crime and Punishment, but uh, that, that should be interesting, I would imagine. Um, and speaking of something that's been seen before, I've seen it before. In fact, the Old Globe has done it, is August Osage County, which Backyard Renaissance is going to produce in August. Fittingly, um, this is uh, really a wonderful, disturbing, depressing. <laughs> see, show. I haven't seen it. Why am I anxious to see it again? They made a good movie out of it too. It's hard to believe Meryl Streep could be odious, but she she won oh in this. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and also you know CCAE Theatricals up in Escondido, which is really a promising organization that received our Critics Circle Award for Small Theater in yeah. February. They um, killed it. They killed they it. They killed it. They're, this is to your point, Alejandra. They're taking yeah. a movie and, and, they've, and a musical has been made out of this uh, from Bottle Shock, which was really a great oh. cult movie about you know the snobbery that surrounds the wine world and how the California wines uh, distinguish themselves. I don't want to give too much away, but it was a great movie. I'm looking forward to seeing what CCAE Theatricals is going to do with that on the stage. That's some some place I really recommend if you haven't made the trip yeah. to Escondido. Uh, they do good work and it's a beautiful theater. I to me, it's my favorite theater in the county. I wish we could put it on wheels. I've even told them this. Yeah, <laughs> I wish we could put it on wheels and bring it down here to San Diego proper. But it's nice that it's up in Escondido. It's a great uh, gift to the people up there. Totally. And the directors, they, they hail from Temecula. So that's really cool. The the bottle shock because it, it, it's really fitting it also for California in general, because we have really good wine and also in Baja California. So that's going to be really good. And they're doing Curious Incident also. Yeah, right? I, going to do. Yes. I love that show. And I'm and uh, halfway through the book. So um, that's I'm also excited about that show. I always want to. I've seen that one. <laughs> I have the reference. So. Um, what that's the other thing people ask me all the time i don't know about you david they're like aren't you tired of watching the same show but you know when you see from different companies producing it it's a totally different show so that's also the wonder of it yeah so. i there are three musicals i could see over and over and over and over again oh this over. is gonna be good one <laughs> of them is west side story i love oh west no story. david i can see we it over <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to have an episode just to talk about what's side story. Continue. <laughs> Fiddler, I've seen a million times. I could see it a million more. Uh, and I know this is the one you're going to probably surprise you. I love My Fair Lady. I just love My Fair Lady. Oh, my God. I know it's so really the classics. It's on PC. And it's, <laughs> the classic. Still, uh, I love the music of My Fair Lady. Yeah, we'll have to do that and, and, and really just go to town on that. Yeah. Alejandro, I think before we go today, we should acknowledge all the members of the Critics Circle 
Uh, we mentioned uh, Pam Cragen, who is our treasurer, Cassiopeia mm-hmm. Guthrie, who is our secretary. Mm-hmm. Our president is Erin Marie Ryder. You're the mm-hmm. vice president, aren't you? I'm the vice president. I'm the VP. Yeah. <laughs> That's our right. Mem- our other members, now I want to forget this because it's I don't want anybody to be left out, is uh, Bill Eady, who yep. writes uh, for Talking Broadway. Uh, David Dixon, mm-hmm. uh, who was actually kind of mentored by Bill. Uh, Carol Davis, who's a beloved figure in San Diego, I've uh, been with the Critics Circle for a long time. Jean um, uh, Lowerson is also yeah. a member of the Critics Circle. Is that everybody? Did I get everybody? I hope I did. Yeah. And um, you mentioned that, um, no, during our ceremony, we welcomed the new members, including myself. We said goodbye to Jimmy Bear, and we said goodbye to also our beloved Pat Loner. That's right. Two people very synonymous with San Diego Theater who contributed so much to this organization over the years and to the San Diego Theater community. We wish them both well in their other endeavors. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this first show. I certainly have. We had a great time, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, it's always fun discussing all these topics and letting people in, you know, on it. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to everything, like all the conversations that we're gonna have. We love to talk to about theater and we will continue to do so for you here on the Nonstage Podcast of the San Diego Theater Creek Circle. We'll see you next time. See you next time.